Welcome. Well, today I'm going to look at Palantir for the first time, the first video about Palantir that I've done. And I haven't really looked in depth at the company before, so I'm coming to it fresh. You might know more than me about it, but I'll get my perspective on it. It's, I'm recording live here, or well, live recorded. They'll upload after this straight away so I can get this video out to you. So let's look at the share price as we speak. You can see that pre-market is down 1.93%. It's just had earnings not long ago as we can see. So if we go to the five day, we can see that it's up 38.84% and that big jump there that, that went up. So it's been up, it's up 46% since then. And one month, we go back one month, it's 44 5.47 we could say it's euphoria ai euphoria it's been caught up in that but if we go back six months we can see it's up 55 percent in six months so it's had a really good run now i'm going to flick over here to ticker terminal i'm going to put a link in the, in the description for ticker if you don't know what it is you can check it out if we go to the all part here we can see that the kaga compound annual growth rate since the ipo is 27.9 percent so you probably won't find much better than that, but you know, it hasn't been hasn't been public for that long, really. Let's face it, you know, but it's been doing well. It's had a roller coaster ride to you know the last year or so because of the AI exuberance. It's done very well, but is there something to it? It's up 127.3% since then all time, but it's had a good run lately. It had a big dip in 2022, along with many other tech stocks would have been the time to buy you would have thought look at those prices down there six that is 622 $6.22 and today it's 24.38 so doing pretty well you know since then and if we go over here what I'm interested in this is the way that I analyze things I have a checklist of looking at it but this is ticker as well here ticker terminal it shows you the ownership so we can see some of the ownership here the top owners of the stock of the company Vanguard Group, which you which you'd expect, institutional ownership of nine percent, a percentage of shares outstanding nine percent. But look at number two here. Look at number two, Peter Thiel. So he's a pretty controversial figure. He's been in Palantir since the beginning, of course. He's been you know high profile sort of high profile investor with a founders fund and. You know, known to be one of the first investors in Facebook. So, you know, but he has it says some controversial things at times. I read his biography. He's a, definitely a controversial figure. But he owns 6.31% according to this of the shares still. So he sort of, he's sort of more in the background with, and Alex Carp is very much in the foreground. He says some controversial things as well. It's sort of a polarizing kind of company, polarizing stock for some of the things that they do. I do know a bit about it. I guess it's not, not completely fresh to it. I do know quite a bit about the company, but you know, I haven't dived super deep into it because I haven't really considered buying it. But so, but is it worth buying? Let's have a look. Or is it, is it this, com, is it this going to be compounding machine? driven by AI, this, you know, AI behemoth into the future. It's quite possible. You know, I saw a, a YouTube video by Peter Thiel a while ago. I think it's from 2015, where it's called Competition is for Losers. So, you know, he got into this to monopolize the market. He talks about, you know, companies that monopolize from the beginning, starting in small markets. And in Palantir's case, the government, defense, 
you know, area and dominating and then going out in concentric circles. And that's how you become a, a monopoly. So that's what they're going for. They have since the beginning. So, so Peter Thiel, number two there, if we go down BlackRock and all the usual suspects there in terms of institutional ownership, but we want what we want to see in Morgan Stanley and ARK Investment. Here we are, Kathy Wood. So 0.53% of shares outstanding when this was last updated, which is 266.7 oh, well, value of shares, $266.7 million worth. And we also have, let's go down a bit further, because here we see here, Carp Alex, Alex Carp, 156.8 million. He owns 0.31% of the company, which, you know, I guess it's quite, that's quite a lot. 156 million, you know, that's a substantial amount. So we want to see, you know, institute, we want, we want to see inside ownership here. So, that, you know, they're, they're fully invested in this top list here along with institutions. So that's good to see. Let's move on. Actually, let's not move on. Let's go back here because I want to say what one of the checklists about the company when I'm first finding out about companies, first investigating companies, first question is, what does the company do? What does it do? You know, and here we've got a description of the company that's interesting. Palantir Technologies builds and deploys software platforms for the intelligence community in the United States to assist in counterterrorism and investigations, counterterrorism investigations and operations. So again, that's sort of can be controversial. A lot of people don't like that sort of thing. You know, it's been sort of accused of spy being involved in spying. Is it the software the NSA uses, you know, back in say, I think it was 2013, 2014 with Edward Snowden. Was it involved in that? Is that the software it uses? So there's different opinions on that, whether people want to get involved in a company like that. The company provides the company provides Palantir Gotham, a software platform which enables users to identify patterns hidden deep within data sets, ranging from signal intelligence sources to reports from confidential information, as well as facilitates the handoff between analysts and operation, operational users, helping operators plan and execute real-world responses to threats. So, you know, the talked about being involved in the wars that are going on at the moment. And you could say that, you know, when wars are on, that that actually helps the company. So some people don't want to go there in terms of investing in that sort of thing. Can't say that I'm that keen on that sort of thing myself, but they, you know, they are also expanding in commercial area and we'll see that. And another thing that they, that, you know, investors already investors will know is that they are based in Denver, Colorado. So they moved out of Silicon Valley you know, Peter Thiel's talked about that he's not really aligned with most Silicon Valley companies, and also Alex Carp has talked about that too. So the company also offers Palantir Foundry, a platform that transforms the ways organizations operate by creating a central operating system for their data. So big, we're talking big data. It used to be called big data. It's not really sort of mentioned that much anymore. It's more AI is mentioned more with what you what you do with the data. So, and enables individual users to integrate and analyze the data they need in one place. In addition, it provides Palantir Apollo, a software that enables customers to deploy their own software virtually in any environment. 
you know, and you, I've seen videos of Palantir and they had the software working that they, in terms of military, it's kind of in the field, they, you know, actually in the field of battle that they help out. And, you know, I've talked, they also, I understand, work with the NHS in England and Britain to for health software. So there's many different uses for it. Okay, let's move on here. Another thing that I like to see is that I like to take note of is how many how many really well-known great investors are invested in the company. And we can see here, this is, by the way, this is Guru Focus. I'll leave a, I'll leave a link in the description to that. This is the financial software that I use. It's very useful and it has, this is the, so the Guru, Guru Trades on, on Palantir, recent Guru Trades. We see Catherine Wood, Kathy Wood from ARC has added 16.07% recently just in the last quarter and in that last quarter of 2023 and this price is up 36.89 percent i believe kathy would sold out i remember in the bear market of 2022 they sold out of palantir and that was it was a bit of a shock at them at the time because they seemed has such conviction and there was one quarter there when they seemed to be not doing so well and Arc bailed out and it was the price was pretty low and now they're back in. So it's one thing about Arc that I'm not so keen on is that they you know they took about five year time horizon, but they really kind of trade and trade a lot like that, getting in and out. So some familiar names. Ken Fisher is a is a new buy for Ken Fisher in the in the fight in the last quarter. Zero percent. So not a big position there. Ownership forty two thousand seven hundred and thirty six current shares, whereas Kathy Wood Arc's got over ten million. So you you might not recognise some of these investors, but Mar Mario Gabelli is a famous value investor, done very well. Ray Dalio, of course, he's retired, but that would be Bridgewater, I'm sure. Jacks Jim Simmons, or is it Simons? He's you know that's a uh, a quantitative trader using algorithms, sort of secret kind of algorithms, who's done incredibly well over time. You know, Kathy Wood again, Paul Tudor Jones, who's more of a trader, Jeffrey's Group. So Joel Greenblatt, Joel Greenblatt, who's one of the greatest investors of our time. His fund's been involved in it. Stanley Druckenmiller sold out of it in last. 630th of the 6th, so that's halfway through last year. He sold out, but he moves pretty quickly. You know, this might not, he might be back in it. Who knows? I know he's in NVIDIA. He's talked about him being in, like, sort of riding the bubble in NVIDIA, riding the AI bubble, saying that, yes, it's been about a year since these companies have done well through AI, but he said, he actually said in a Bloomberg uh, interview, and I did a video about this. Where he said that at the point time when he did it, it was ten months in. He said, you know, comparing it to the dot com bubble, and he thinks it is a, a mini bubble, maybe growing into a bigger bubble. That these things don't go on for just ten months or a year; they often go for two or three years. So he's in, still in Nvidia, and he might be in it for a, a lot longer, kind of riding that bubble. And he's got a lot of experience. He hasn't had a down year in more than three decades. He didn't. He did. At the dot com bubble, go into it a bit, a bit heavy at the top and lost money, but he made it all, made it all back within a year. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so here another interesting thing is the insider transactions. I always like to look at those too. 
and we can see there's a lot of cells there a lot of cells look at that no buys a lot of cells and we can see here let me just minimize this a little bit we can see here below me here alex carp selling in february this year so directors have been selling uh, and on the and it seems to be direct sales too so that's not a great sign does that say that they they want they want to sell some i'm not saying they're selling completely selling out or anything like that i mean people do sell for a lot of reasons they only buy for one reason really that they they think the stock's going up they sell for many reasons especially if they've been in it for a long time we know we know the reasons that you know elon musk has sold some tesla to do other things with the money so we can't take too much from that but you know don't like to see a lot of sales like that sales sell 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 but as we saw the the ownership is still pretty high like um peter teal peter teal owns a lot and alex carp too and here we start to get into some of the fundamentals of the company i like to see this, this is guru focus again so we can see that the market cap is is at the moment 53 billion dollars and the enterprise value is 49 dollars so 40 49 billion dollars sorry and so it's a fairly big company people who uh regularly uh, a viewer regularly or a listener of mine know that i'm into smaller companies and i like to think i like to think about their long runway for growth and we could say is does this does this have a long runway for growth could it be 10x from here which is a very big company this is perhaps one of those companies that could do that it could be you know I, I think it could be a huge company one day there's a lot of scope optionality and i've talked about peter teal thinking that way from the beginning he thinks big and from that point of view he's obviously still in it he hasn't sold out or anything completely and so you know could it be a 10x from here could it be a 100x it's doubtful 100x is doubtful but 10x you know 500 billion there are there are multiple companies that are around a trillion and this probably is a company that could get big given the scope of what they could do but let's have a look at something else here we go the, the here mm, we can see the gf value guru focus value you know they've got a certain way of valuing things it's a value investing focus site but they have they're valuing at the moment at 1626 and so that's significantly overvalued because it's 24.38 right now so you know you can see the the line there under that green line would be fairly valued but i haven't looked at it i haven't done the i haven't done the work myself as the as i said this is the first time i've looked at it but let's have a look at some of these initial fundamentals here right now so we can see the debt to equity is really low so that's a good sign all the green obviously the green is good and we can see the gross margin 80.63 percent that's good operating margin 5.39 at the moment not so great you know i have to dive in for the reasons for that i'm sure if you're an investor you'll know let me know about some of these figures what's behind them if you know if you can see something that i'm pointing out that that i, that I don't think is great but isn't there might be reasons for it being okay net margin 9.43 now i like to look at these return on capital figures here which you know return on capital employed that's a really interesting figure 15 is about the average so this is below average at the moment and uh, return on capital, Joel Greenblatt's associated with that. It's, he likes to look at that return on 
invested capital, similar to return on capital employed, 12.72, which is not bad. It's on the low side. You can see it's light green there. Free cash flow margin, 20 to 31 there. It's got a solid green. And if we go down here, PE ratio, PE ratio, 270. And the forward PE ratio, 82. So, you know, to justify that kind of multiple, you want a company to be growing really fast, really fast. Three-year total revenue growth rate, 23%. So this is just a superficial look, by the way, but we can see these, look at all this red down here. Look at all this red here. So that that indicates that it's it's expensive. And as I said, this AI bubble going on, I think it is a, turning into a bubble. I mean, AI is real. I have no problem with saying that AI is, is a real thing and it's gonna be transformative, but you know, exuberance happens in markets. This is actually a, a quite old company, more than twenty year company at this point. But Peter Thiel has mentioned how you know they've mentioned how they want to be in it for the long term, very long term, not just quarter to quarter. And so they've taken this to build something big, twenty years, and it's it is finally moving into positive direction. Return on equity, uh, trailing twelve months, seven percent. We can see here that. These are all, they were deeply negative going back to 2018 and now they're sort of turning positive, strongly positive. ROIC is 13, ROCE is positive, it's getting bigger. So, you know, I said that the average is about 15% for S&P 500 companies, that's so below average, but definitely climbing there. All these figures are going in the right direction, which, you know, the market was pretty happy with after earnings, has to be said. Those gross margins, good. It's always been good gross margins, sick 70s, sick high 60s, high 70s, high into the 80s now, and operating margin improving. Look at that, improving over time. So if it goes in this right direction, it's definitely a good thing. So everything looking up, you know, all these numbers look are turning positive, then getting better over time. This is why we look at their financials over time, going back years, because we can see the change over time. Important to see that, not just look at one year or one quarter or whatever. However, we will look at the last quarter. And revenue here, you can see that is steadily growing, strongly growing. You know, 2018 it was 595 and it's now to over 2000. So growing fairly strongly over that time. Okay, so let's move to the, the investor deck here. So Q4 highlights and, and financial year highlights. So just in the last quarter, we can see US commercial revenue grew 70%, which so the market reacted to that, plus 12% and 12% quarter on quarter. And commercial revenue grew 33%. Revenue grew 20% year on year the quarter closed 103 deals over one million dollars so that's kind of impressive they're doing lots of deals 2x a year ago so this is how the market's definitely responded to this in a very positive way is it too positive possibly i'm not sure I, with those multiples i don't i honestly don't think that i'd be a buyer at this point that's just my opinion people i can see people buying their financial year highlights we can see u.s commercial Revenue growth 36%. So the market really responded to that. 
and the revenue growth of 17%, you know, double digits. I've just done a video about Alibaba. So some really pretty low growth there for Alibaba for, for different reasons. Go and have a look at that if you're interested in that. This is how the, why the market responded well. Definitely much more positive than it has before. This is them. That's Peter Thiel right there, isn't it? That's Peter Thiel, Alex Carp. So Peter Thiel's still involved, and he obviously went on this trip last month. The board of directors of Palantir hosted its first meeting of 2024 in Tel Aviv. So they're in Israel. It's fairly controversial, you know, being involved in, in that that kind of conflict at the moment, helping out there. Following the meeting, Palantir agreed to strategic partnership with the, the Israeli military of defense to support Palantir technology to help the country's war effort. Okay, so, you know, they definitely take sides and, and help out with wars there. There's a lot of uh, the controversy about, about what's going on there. We won't get into politics, but you can see the obvious controversy there. We are proud to stand alongside Israel supporting a culture of innovation, technology and democracy. You know, so definitely taking sides and they talk about West helping Western countries that are not involved with China, that they, they won't be selling any to China anytime soon. They've been very clear on that. We are proud to have been chosen to help the NHS deliver a federated data platform. So there's been controversy about this, about them working with the NHS, National Health Service in Britain. Our software has already helped bring down the inpatient waiting list at Chelsea and Westminster NHS Foundation Trust by 28%. So part of it's about privacy, the you know, having the data, and they've said that they can't access the data. It's all very private. Uh, but then there was that controversy about way back, you know, as I mentioned with uh, the NSA and spying on American citizens. So this is why it's a kind of controversial company. There's no, no point to not acknowledge that it's the case. So there's the investor debt. You can go through that if you haven't already. It's on their website, their investor relations website. That's where you find these things. Really good to go through the deck. So this is my initial look at Palantir. This, from what I'm seeing here, I'm seeing that it's, it is pretty expensive. It's, the share price itself is being swept up in this AI wave. So I wouldn't be kind of going in here. And it's not my cup of tea in terms of company from what they do. I've been followed Peter Thiel for a long time and just it's not my cup of tea, I don't think, but I'm be I'll be following it. I'll probably make more videos about it and to understand it. I like to understand as many companies, I like to analyze as many companies as I can. You can see kind of pattern recognition in the numbers so you learn to see what's a good company and what's not a good company. I think this one does have potential. It would not surprise me, you know, if it got if it got big, it got to the, that half a trillion or more trillion sort of size. And so it's got a lot of growth to come, I think. No guarantees. That's just my opinion. My guess, I can see that there's the total addressable market's pretty big and they are definitely a, a leader here. You know, following up for quite a few years, actually, without diving super deep, that it is, as Peter Thiel says, possibility of, of kind of, if not a monopoly, then having a massive market share and, and expanding you know, and there's this software is obviously very good. So that's my summing up of Palantir. I'm not a buyer of this. I haven't bought it at any point. It's not my cup of tea, as I said, but I know it's a lot of people's and that it could be this big company going forward into the future. One of those big companies like these other mega cap tech companies in the US. I can see that. I think there's definitely a possibility from what they do. And there's a lot of scope. But what do I invest in? You know, I talk about the stocks I invest in, what I'm analyzing on my Patreon, the Art of Value Patreon. 
just for the price of a cup of coffee each month. I talk about stocks and I post all these videos on there, ad free and extra videos, bonus videos and uh, sort of blog posts as well, talking about different stocks and different sectors that I'm interested in. So I'll put a link in the description if you want to check that out. And also, please remember to like if you've got value out of this video, please hit that like button to help to spread it to more people. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to put a video here of what the YouTube algorithm thinks that you in particular should watch next based on your history and so forth. So go and watch that now if you want to. And thanks to everybody for watching or listening, and I'll see you in the next one.